0: hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of rebuttal where we break down cases calamity and chaos in the legal field as always i am your host reb mazel after a very brief and forced hiatus um simba you can probably hear meowing in the background we are going through a, a transitional period right we did just move that was fun. Um, a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of anarchy. And of course, right? Of course, the universe said, you know what? In the middle of you moving, let's just bury you in, in all, of, all of the things that could possibly be happening in your active cases right now. Um, so you can deal with that, right? While you're coordinating movers. So I've been doing that that has been a, such a jam, such a blasty blast. And typically, right, I start these episodes just getting right into it because I assume that no one wants to hear anything about me um, and a few of you have mildly threatened me in my DMs, email, or otherwise saying you should really give us some more insight on your life, on your mind, on your vibe. So this is my life, my mind, and my vibe. It is an unmentionable time right now. Don't ask when I'm recording this, okay? Take some guesses. Imagine that. Simba is going through some terrible twos. My cat, my foster cat that I was only supposed to foster for four weeks, and it's now been four years, He's going through his terrible twos for like the seventh time since I've had him. And so he just screams at me randomly, which I get, right? I understand for sure. I scream at myself all the time. Mostly in a loving way, though. Mostly like, why you're so amazing, but also what the fuck. But yeah, so that's some fun background. If you hear it, just pretend like you didn't hear it and rate me five stars, obviously. and work is just busy. It's just busy. If anyone is listening from my job, no you aren't. <laughs> um and if any of my friends are listening, specifically my lawyer friends, why have we all been in the fucking trenches? I feel like I'm currently, if you look at my phone right now, I have about 8 different conversations running between all of my closest lawyer friends. And every single one of us, it's like all of us cussing, a lot of memes, a lot of screenshots of tweets to hopefully garner a giggle from any, any of us, either side, and a lot of good luck, feel betters, wishing you well, or like, fuck him, fuck that, damn that blows, what the fuck are we doing, let's quit and be bus drivers. A lot of that rhetoric right and i think something is in retrograde the stars the universe the moment the vibe i know some bitch with a very great succulent collection is going to tell me right now that i mention it she's going to give me the full breakdown fantastic i'm looking forward to it but you know i do believe in in some retrograde shit when it comes to when it rains it pours and also I always kind of feel like the people who are around me in my life who I love and who I talk to a lot and who I share laughs and energy and hopes and dreams with a lot of chat with we tend to be on par- parallel lines I don't really get it I don't really know why I don't know why that is I think it's probably something to do with, oh, what you're putting out into the universe, you're getting back. And so what I'm putting out into the universe is giving me back a bunch of people who are also flying by the seat of their fucking pants, right? Which like love that, love that for me. But I would really love at some point in my life, like if 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 at any point someone came into my life and was giving like public librarian who's been there, tenured for 25 years, could organize any clusterfuck of a system in 15 minutes flat, extremely on a regimented, right? She wakes up at 6.55 a.m., she has her coffee by 7, she lets her cat out at 7.05, that kind of fucking schedule, pattern habits, right, that I am literally allergic to, if anyone came into my life like that, I would immediately know that maybe I was a changed person that I could have possibly attracted someone like this. Um, but you know what? I'm not holding my breath. I'm not holding my breath. I love not being in a routine or a pattern. I know that's literally a sign of menti illy, but I don't know. I mean I mean you know, if for all the people who are still listening, who or maybe turn it off because they're like, "Oh my God, she's like an astrological girly." Look, I'm a Sagittarius. For anyone who cares and knows, that'll explain it all for you. But regardless, even if we're not talking about the stars and the suns and the oceans and all that shit, I just love change. I love change. I thrive in change. I thrive in new environments. Um, my comfort, whenever life. You know, throws me a curveball and I don't duck in time is to do something jarring and drastic that may or may not be semi permanent, <laughs> like a move. Um, mind you, this move was planned, it was not impulsive. Um, and I'm very happy about it. I love my new place. It's great, it's fun, it's gorgeous, it's awesome. Um, it's an upgrade. Uh, but you know, that's how I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling I'm feeling good about everything changing, everything being clusterfuck. So, you know, save your thoughts and prayers, save your T's and Ps for the librarian who fucking needs it. I don't. I'm fine, I'm great, I'm good, I'm tired, I'm overwhelmed. but not overly so. At least right now. We'll see in a couple hours. <gasps> So that's what's going on in my life. How are you? Take inventory, take stock, please. Think to yourself if you are on your way to work or on your way home from something, or just walking around your neighborhood in circles, hoping for a sign. Um, this is it. Take inventory of what the vibes are, of what's going on. Simbi, swear to God, shut the fuck up. Take stock. Think to yourself, where am I at? How do I feel? How does my body feel? How does my head feel? How does my tummy feel? How do my thoughts feel? Do they feel positive? Do they feel negative? Do they feel funny? Do they feel dull? Do they feel boring? Do they feel exhausted? Give yourself the patience and love and break that you give to so many people all the time. Thank you. For those of you who can hear my cat. Again, please ignore him. He's going through a moment. He's going through a time. No, I do not want you to start a subreddit saying Reb Maisel canceled for abusing her cat. Okay? I don't want you breaking down his meows, amplifying the sounds, calling in a cat expert, a feline connoisseur to tell you, oh yeah, that's a distress, that's a distress call. Yeah, that specific meow right there was definitely was definitely something heinous. Right? That was deranged I don't want please, God, for the love of God. That would be hilarious because that would be so deluge on all y'all's part. And I love being part, right, of someone else's fucking delulu moment. Um, but he is so well-fed. He is so spoiled. It's absolutely na- nauseating. Truly, that was my soapbox. I am now stepping off of it to get on a bigger one and a more fun one. Our first murder. Will it? Let's think. Yeah. <sighs> This is so – oh, my God. Okay, this is our first murder. Holy shitballs. And in classic rebuttal fashion, nothing we do here is going to be obvious or normal or expected, predictable, okay? No, it's not going to be fucking Ted Bundy. No, it's not going to be fucking Ed, John Wayne Gacy. No, it's not going to be fucking one of the Eds. There's like a million Eds that did some crazy shit. Those are so fucking interesting, sure, but it's been done a million times. It's been done. We're exhausted. We're tired. Ted Bundy was nice. John Wayne Gacy was a clown, literally and figuratively. Like, that's it. That's the pod. It's not going to be that. Um, For those of you who have heard about this story, if you heard it in a law school class, I'm sorry. If you didn't, like I actually didn't, I had never heard of this case before. Um, it's a bit of a travesty. This would have this would have garnered some buzz, right? In my crim law class, as I'm sure it still does in the UK, allegedly. Because that's where we're going. Okay, we're shipping off. We're going to sea. We're going to the United Kingdom. The kingdom that is united. And we're also going to turn the time back hundreds of years which is always really fun because then i can be super fucking i can just fill in where i want to fucking fill in because who's going to sue me for definitely you know what i mean like who's going to fuck no none of y'all none of y'all bitches y'all are dead okay you can't defame a dead person all y'all bitches are gone and all y'all bitches were crazy um and i can say that on the record and i will say it on the record so i'm going to set the scene for this case with a simple question that I'm going to pose to all of you. And this question is also the title of a book, which I am pulling much of my information from. That question is, quote, is eating people wrong? Question mark. Is is eating people wrong, right? Yes, no, maybe so. This book... Okay, that was the title. The book Is Eating People Wrong? was published in 2010 by Alan Hutchinson. And it essentially breaks down the facts, circumstances, wow, the facts, circumstances, the characters, the players, the parties, the peeps, involved in this very monumental, pivotal case in, in the law in English law, yes, because as I said before, it took place in the UK. But, you know, America loves to copy and paste fucking everything it ever did. All right. The deck, fun fact the Declaration of Independence gave us independence in name alone and then said, wait, can we still take like your entire legal system with it? Yeah. It's all the same shit. Okay. This one is an old case. Okay. And the events, the circumstances that brought about this case, this eventual murder trial, very high profile, started in 1883, okay? So let's back it up. 1883. Let's think of some context here. America definitely emancipated from its parent, right? It was like, fuck you, mom and dad. I'm out, okay? It's been a long time coming. 1867, or wow, no, 1883, okay, okay? We watched our child in the UK emancipate from us, get in its own civil war. Now they're reconstructing and it's going fucking poorly. Um, And in 1883 in the UK, I don't know what was happening. Probably some crazy pivotal shit that I should know off the top of my head that y'all are going to correct me on. I don't fucking know it right now. And guess what? I'm not on a billable hour presently. So if you wanted a history podcast... Go to History Channel. I love th- I love their shit. I really do. I actually really love the History Channel. Okay. No free advertisement. Holy fuck. No free promo. <laughs> they need it. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. In 1883, okay, shit was going down in England. I'm literally any time in England, anytime any story is set in England – Prior to like 1950, I'm just imagining Charles Dickens. You know what I mean? Like I'm just imagining a lot of old men in in very ill-fitting suits just looking tired and sad and hungry and women, women not allowed outside, you know, the vibes. So there's a lot different, obviously. One thing we can all agree on is that there is a lot different between the peeps from 1883 and the peeps from 2023. But one thing... That has not changed, okay? One thing that has remained constant is rich people loving a good booze cruise, okay? Rich bitches love a fucking yacht. They love a boat. They love a pontoon that's elevated, all right, in the millions of dollars category. They love a trip, a journey across waters, right, which is super fun, super great, such a vibe, right? Like, who doesn't love a fucking boat, right? But this is not a boat. Okay, this is not a boat. And, and yes, there was a difference in 1883. So much so that during the court case about this eventual murder fucking trial, the judge in the case, I mean, he kind of went rogue. A lot of the, a lot of shit went rogue, okay? He realized that he had called the, the, Yacht involved a vessel or like a but bo- whatever, and he literally went back in his opinion. Okay, that was already like printed everything. He was like, "Fucking cut the camp, throw the papers back, burn them all. We need to redo this shit." That shit was a yacht. Do not get it twisted. It was not a boat. It was not a vessel. That shit was a yacht. He literally went back, track changes, and changed that fucking one fucking few word. Because apparently that was pivotal. Apparently that was just so fucking important. Even though everything else about the yacht, like the dimensions of it, how big big it was, whatever, its ultimate demise, everything about it was also... Look, look. I I don't want to make waves, right? I don't want to shit on, um, you know, someone's decision to have a corrections corner. But it very much feels like the yacht club... Dead ass was like, don't fucking... Are you fucking kidding? That shit was a yachty as hell. That shit was a little yachty. Um, and we're fucking offended. So get it fucking right. And mind you, right? You might be thinking, oh, it's probably just a nice boat. But like in 1883, they're still like traveling. You know what I mean? Like there's... It's probably used for transportation. No, I'm being dead serious. Pleasure yacht. To like do a booze cruise. That's like... They had that shit in 1883. They didn't know what a germ was, but they had pleasure cruises. It's just like, unsur—like it's honestly unsurprising to me personally because I'm like, well, yeah. Bitches who like, you know, are, are fucking rich and have too much money and don't know what to do with it. They're going to do some shit like that. They're going to find a body of water to put some expensive equipment in that's hard to maintain and requires a staff, period. So, the individual, okay, the yachter at hand, his name is John Henry Want, right, which are three names, okay, and, and his last name, Want, is literally spelled like W-A-N-T, Want, John Henry Want, like, name a whiter name you could ever have named anyone, and, and, and right, it, not that his, not that him being white has anything to do with this one, right, because it's the UK, okay, at this time. You're loaded, and you have a yacht. You're probably colonizing something. You're probably infiltrating some kind of indigenous community somewhere in the world to gather your riches. Um, and John Henry Want, okay, the most basic, fucking English name of all fucking time. He, he was definitely a yacht club man. Okay, he was a yachty. All right, he was a big yachty. He. He was a lawyer, okay. R.I.P. for my reputation. You know, I I love I love a lawyer moment. I love a I love a group setting. I love a fraternity kind of set. It's like, oh my god, a lawyer? No way. Um, I'm pretty sure he used his legal knowledge to like, literally non some non some bone. We'll talk. We'll we'll get to it. Alan Hutchinson's book. He says, "quote He was a tall man who cut a showy figure." With his rugged features and extravagant mustache. Showy figure. I'm not sure if I'm loving that. You know what I mean? Extravagant mustache. It's giving douche. Like it's giving, it's giving, you know, the guy on the Monopoly fucking game board with his fucking dumb fucking eyeglass. Like, please. Like, everyone, watch? what are you doing today? I'm going to go Oh, ride my fucking yacht. All the working class people walking by in the coal mines and shit. Literally like, off on their 85th war around the world, are like, man, fuck that guy. fuck. J- What's his fucking name? John. Yeah, fuck that guy. Anywho, um, his name's John Henry Want. He was called Jack. Because that's super original. I'm sure every- everyone was like, oh, John? Who's John? Oh, Jack. Oh, like, why didn't you just say the name Jack, please? Jack made his fortune in Australia, all right, as a successful maritime lawyer who... <laughs> Dabbled quote in a variety of dubious commercial ventures. So he's a snake, right? He's he's an attorney who who is doing some shady shit. Woo! <laughs> wow! Shock of the century. Um, and you know he he's very much involved in politics. He he has a lot of connects there. He's just racking up the cash, racking up the racking up the shit. Um. In, in mildly criminal ventures. But again, right? He's a lawyer. He knows the law. Like, what could ever happen to him? Um. So, and he's chilling in Australia, you know, stacking his dollar bills, his coin. And, and at some point, okay, he looks around and he sees other fucking rich people. And he's realizing that they're all fucking on those really elevated pontoon boats. They're on a fucking yacht. They're on a pleasure cruise. He wants to be part of the yacht club, right? He he's like this is fucking sick he knocks on the door and they're like you need a fuck mm, that sucks go get a yacht bitch he was like purr so he left australia okay traveled his ass all the way back to the united kingdom which you know in 1883 obviously a short trip the fuck um but he wanted to purchase a yacht okay he wanted to be accepted he wanted to be part of the popular crew he ends up picking out a 52 foot, 20 ton boat constructed in 1867. All right. Currently, the time is 1883. So, you know, I'm not really a boat a boat connoisseur. I don't really know much. But back then, right, the materials that are that are used prior to the industrial revolution, um, I can imagine, are a lot of wood. Right, a lot of wood not a lot of sealant. Not a lot of sealant. I don't know. Um I feel as though just like off-context clues like it's it's giving scientific method right now, okay? I think that almost 20 years after a wooden ass little 52-foot yacht was built in the 1800s probably not in tip-top shape. Like probably not the shit, right? Like Johnny Boy Jack Whatever your name is, I thought I thought it was giving rich, right? I thought we wanted to be loaded with all our yacht Cup friends. Why are we going skimpy? Coupon, Groupon on the yacht when you travel all the way to get? I don't know. Look, aim my yacht, do what you want. So you know, I think he made his decision based on the fact that the yacht had apparently won several races a few years a few years earlier. Which doesn't really make, you know, it gives us no clarity at all what they're racing, where, how far um, and how many years is a few years ago. Right. Because, of course, our fool Jack, OK, he looks at this yacht and he's like, oh, my God, it's won a few races, probably short distance. I'm going to buy this bitch up to go sail all the way back to Australia for a major, massive, 120-day voyage. Thousands of miles. Period. And everyone was like, word, here you go. So he bought that bitch for 400 pounds, okay? Whatever that is in American, U.S. dollars, or whatever that is in, in with inflation, Google is free. Use it. This 52-foot, 20-ton boat yacht, little yachty, That was constructed in 1867, which our boy John Henry Want purchased in 1883, was named mignonette. Okay. The word mignon, like filet mignon with E T T E at the end. Okay. Mignonette. Mignonette is a French term for something that is cute and adorable, which can only tell us exactly what ominous, deranged shit is to come, right? Like, you couldn't write a better cliche than that, please. Beautiful. Truly. The universe was like, you know what? I'm going to like a little sprinkle, sprinkle right on top of that. So basically, he's like, okay, I'm going to return home on my cool ass yacht. I'm going to roll up like the G that I am in front of all my fucking friends. It's going to be so sick. I'm going to be like, hey, guess who Guess who it is? Oh, my God. It's Jack. Like, period. Period. Um, and so he, he has to look for a crew, right? Cause he can't do this shit alone. I don't even think he can do it if he, like, even if he wanted to, I don't think he's lifting a fucking finger to be honest. He's not really giving like hardworking vibe. So he finds a man named captain Tom Dudley. Okay. Tom Dudley. He, he was a short man. He was a short King with red hair and a beard. Um, I say short King now it's not giving short King in a minute. You'll see why. He um, had earned himself quite a reputation, okay? Quite, quite a rep as being a very dependable, very great, very awesome captain. Look, he was a religious man, okay? Ran a tight ship. Shit was on lock. Notably, in my opinion, he also insisted that any crew that he captained remained dry, meaning no alcoholic bev no adult beverage and i am all i'm all for it okay i'm not someone particularly who's like i need to have right like my my alc right now but when we get to the events later i'm definitely blaming our boy dudley okay tom dudley our captain for like all the shit that goes wrong and then also I am in the middle of a calamity situation in the middle of the fucking sea and I don't even have a bottle of rum, some moonshine looking ass, 1800s, burn your entire liver, liver, blood vessels, cut your life in half type of fucking drunk alcoholic Bev. Like I can't even wallow in that. I have to be sober for this. I just have to go into this cold that's kind of fucked up. That's kind of fucked up. Like, I feel like after this, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that maybe wasn't I, – I think everyone was like, wait, okay, we should probably, like, fix a few things on our ship, but also make sure that we have something, something to make us, make us not live in our reality for a minute. Reb, that's, like, so unhealthy. Period. It is, but just wait. You'll be agreeing with me in a second. phil philippa phil, phil, his wife okay she was a school teacher our boy dudley was was a captain they had like 75 kids who fucking knows um and you know he had to be away from his family for long periods of time but he wanted to make that dime he wanted to make that cash he wanted to make that moolah so he's like okay i totally agree fine my boy our our boy jack okay our boy jack with the yachty he decides he agrees to go the 16,000-mile journey for 120 days, captaining this yacht that John just purchased that is named the Mignonette. Dudley, okay, was was the ideal choice. Okay, he was free, he was open, his schedule was really looking fantastic, great, gorgeous, and he was paid by our boy John, John Henry, a hundred pounds for signing up and a further hundred pounds on delivery of our mignonette to Sydney, Australia. Dudley included right in that fucking package is is the requirement that Dudley go out and find find a crew to man this bitch, okay? In my mind, for, for the crew members, for the seamen, the seamen of the United Kingdom, of England... Um, I have a better respect for them after hearing that Dudley had a rough time actually getting a crew, gathering people together to do this voyage. Why, you may ask? Because I'm sure they said, oh my gosh, you know what? I would actually love to do a 120 day, 16,000 mile voyage, right? I would adore that. That is such a vibe. That's such a moment. But like, let me like tour it, right? Let me like check. Can I like scope it? Can I do an apartment, a boat tour, a yachty tour? Apparently, they didn't just go in blind, right? They didn't just go in and go, whatever thing that you have floating on the ocean, I'm going to take to Australia. No, they did not. All of these crewmen, okay, these seamen who are presumably like, you know, wanting of cash and moolah took one look at our little mignonette, okay, with her rotting fucking wood and her like two winning races under her belt of like a hundred yards, right? And said, you know what, I think I'm good. like no, thank you. Like I'd rather be poor and alive, actually. Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, our boy Dudley had a rough go. Uh also, okay, even when, even when he was able to convince some 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 crew members, some seamen to at least you know, get past the mignonette part, right? Get past the boat part, get past the little yachty part, okay? Maybe they were adventurous, right? Maybe it was like people who would have voluntarily gone on the show Jackass in 1883, right? They were like, you know what? I want some adventure. I want some adrenaline in my life. I want to put myself into perilous situations. Um, they, even after saying, okay, fine, to to our to our yacht, they then would say, oh my God, no, thank you to the journey right because they're like okay wait could you go break out a map could you go through that route for me one more time like one more fucking time like do you mind going through that real quick and our boy Dudley would be like oh my god yeah of course and he would tell them that they're going all the way from fucking London to Goddamn Australia and to get to Australia they had to travel on treacherous waters okay through on about inside treacherous waters especially around what's called the cape of good hope it is an unmentionable time in the morning i have not googled this i'm not going to take a break to google it you should go google it i'm sure there is a lot of hope that is good that lies there under the sea but um yeah Apparently it wasn't cape of good hope was like cape of fucking thoughts and prayers like that shit was not a vibe that shit was fucking was fucking sketchy and you know again we're on the minion yet right we're not on the titanic even the right even though the titanic like eventually sunk at least at least it wasn't made of fucking wood like at least it wasn't made of tinder at least it wasn't made of the shit that you put a marshmallow on to roast over a fire like please after some initial failures he eventually got some got some people. He got some guinea pigs, okay, to, to be on this be on this unit, this absolute unit of a crew. These characters were a three-man crew, okay? Three men, that's all I could get. And also the yacht's fucking small. It's gonna be our boy Dudley, okay, Captain Dudley, a man named Ed Stevens as the first mate, a man named Ned Brooks as the very able seaman. And then a Richard Parker as the cabin boy, okay? Now, everyone here, everyone involved is all in their 30s, okay? Our boy John Henry is in his 30s. Our boy Ed Stevens, 30s. Our Captain Dudley, 30s. Our boy Ned, 30s. Our boy Richard Parker, okay, our little cabin mate, our little cabin boy was 17 years old. In 1883, he was an orphan okay clearly needing some cash and dudley was like you look like a warm body let's see it okay just to give you some context on the makeup of this absolute um unit of a fucking crew all right going from england to australia what could possibly go wrong (laughs) the sailing as you can imagine was was delayed for a few weeks. It was delayed after, you know, the crew signed on. I'm not really sure how they signed on. I don't know if it's like a pinky swear, like a blood oath situation. You know, contracts were definitely enforced back then, um, right? But, but it wasn't that, you know, he gets his ragtag crew together, calls up John Henry, they get on this boat, and they sail the fucking away. The mignonette was, as I predicted previously, in shitty condition, okay, it was not ready to go. It couldn't sail across a pond with a light breeze. To give you context, shit was rotten. Many timbers were rotten. No, th- no, thank you. Um, those needed replacing. But but you know, our boy Dudley, just like our boy John Henry, right? He's a frugal man. He's a frugal captain. John Henry, okay, lavishly rich, loaded, lawyer, nefarious activities, mildly a criminal, living in Australia, living his life, dabbing up politicians, he, wanting to join a yacht club so badly, wanting to be with Regina George and the popular crew, okay, she had army pants and flip-flops in and a yacht, and so he went all the way back to fucking England to get army pants, flip-flops, and a fucking yacht. In 1883. He was also frugal, right? He bought a shitty yacht. He bought a shot. As opposed to a yacht. John Henry, you know, in hindsight, frugal fucking man. Loves his groupons. Love his, loves his coupons. And he also hired a Captain Dudley who also loved his coupons. Loved his groupons. But but that combo right in relation to like a seafaring vessel not really not really making me comfy cozy because our boy Dudley was skimping on the fucking repairs no fucking shit okay he was cutting fucking corners and look if if our boy John fucking Henry okay gave him like a lump sum 100 pound you know deposit plus like 100 pounds if we get there and was like oh take out the repairs from that obviously he's it's going to be scotch tape shit okay N- n- duh i'm like mildly on dudley's side in this sense if that was a situation but also fuck dudley because what the fuck like he needed he needed to do some like oh he needed to rebuild this fucking boat okay like he's carving it out of a fucking log redo the whole shebang and just like charge it to his tab right charge it to john henry's tab he'll fucking ba- look he'll pay that shit but he didn't he didn't do that he just opted to make quote only minimal and make-do repairs. Let's make-do, right? Let's just make slash do when we're not even started. I'm imagining a make-do moment like maybe out of the 4,000 miles that you're traveling. Oh, wait, no. I keep thinking 4,000. Out of the 16,000 miles that you're fucking traveling, right? Maybe you're making do at like the, 10, the 10K mark. Let's not make do at inch zero, but who am I, right? I'm not really a, I'm a land gal who, what can I say? In doing so, okay, in making these bullshit scotch tape, Elmer's glue repairs, our boy Dudley had some trouble, had some troublé, getting the necessary documents to certify that this shit was good to go, all right? Because in 1883, there was, there was policy, there were departments that you had to go that you couldn't just, you can't just embark on trips right like if you want to go colonize another location we would like a cut is what I'm imagining is happening you know in the Britain like in the British government and Parliament you know what I mean what they're thinking about based on history um they're like nobody nobody is leaving our our headquarters unless we give you we give you a little license a little certification. They, right, all these inspectors are walking past this boat going, yeah, no fucking chance, good try. And so he's fighting with them, whatever, right, all that. And and eventually, okay, weeks after the crew is assembled, the mignonette and its ragtag crew of three plus Captain plus John Henry are ready to go, are cleared to go. But as noted in, in the book that I'm referencing, it's... Not really sure if it was actually clear to go. We, It's probably on the side of just nobody prevented them from fucking leaving, right? Like, nobody, like, put up a gate between them and the open fucking ocean and said, don't fucking do it. I think they were like, don't do it. But, like, mm, sucks. Dudley, okay. One thing I do enjoy about him, even though he he is a coupon queen, he is superstitious. Okay, he's superstitious. He's a little suspicious, And he was like, you know what, you guys? I, even though I fucked the repairs so bad... And my ragtag crew literally has a teenager on it. We're not leaving on a Friday. No, no, no. That is bad luck. We're going to leave on it on a Monday. Okay, on a Monday. Departed, finally set sail for Australia from Southampton on May 19th, 1884. Right? 1884. First few weeks were great. First few weeks were a vibe. It was smooth sailing. It was fun. They were vlogging. They were, you know, taking cute pics. Who really knows? To give you some context, if you're imagining five grown men on this 55 footer Um the mate, okay, our first mate Ed, Ed Stevens is 37-year-old father of five, okay? A seasoned seaman. Um he he, you know, had 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 a record with the police previously for maybe pirating, maybe some pirate activities, but who doesn't, right? Like I I torrent movies too, like it's fine. Um and then we have the seamen, okay? he's referred to as the Seaman in this boat. I don't know if that, I don't know if they just didn't know what name to give him, right? Like, you always want to have a title. Like, you don't You don't want to just be there. You want to be like the helper, you know? First ass- assistant to the assistant mean, He's literally the assistant to the manager. Um, the Seaman Ned Brooks was an old companion of Dudley's. We love a friend. We love a friend circle. And, and you know, saw the voyage as a, quote, cheap way to immigrate to Australia. Agreed. You're gonna get there. Maybe. Uh, and then the cabin boy, our boy Richard Parker, again, like I said, orphan 17 year old who hoped that the voyage would make him a man and open a new life for him, quote unquote. I'm, I'm not, Hundy, be sure if that was just like the author's gratuitous inclusion. I'm thinking that it probably was. I'm thinking that the 17 year old was just like, why don't, like, I'm gonna be in fucking Australia. That's so sick. And like what I'm, I want, I want cash. What am I going to do? They sailed. Okay. Had a great, jolly good time. They stopped at a place called Cape Verde, which you know what? I think I'm going to Google. It's in Africa. A oh, far as what? Holy fuck. That is so stupid. This is the dumbest fucking plan. This is literally so fucking dumb. A 55 footer. Wait, the fact that I didn't look at a map until just now is giving me hives. What? The actual fuck is this plan. It's giving suicide mesh, but it's neither here nor there. Not only, okay, were they going literally from Mars to fucking Jupiter on planet Earth instead of just buckling in and sitting on land, dry fucking land. They also said, you know what? We have a super windy, rough journey ahead of us on the South Atlantic. Why... Why would we ever travel on the most populated, busiest routes to make sure there are people around to help us or lead the fucking way? Why would we fucking do that? That's so stupid. Why don't we just go um, the like shorter question mark way or just like a less beaten pathway because we don't like other people. Apparently, we don't fucking like other people. We don't like seeing other people. And also, we want to get there faster. Okay, we don't want to be tied up. We don't want to be tied up. We want to make good time with these wins. That's such a fucking man thing to do. You know what I mean? Like like such, Like, I'm imagining my fucking dad, you know what I mean? Being like, oh my God, like going 110 on the freeway to go to my volleyball practice just because we, you know, oh, we're going to be 10 minutes early. Why do we need to, why though? We're fine. Where, where are you? What are you looking at? Like the yacht club will be there. The Yacht Club will be there. I don't think anyone else on the crew has anything else on, on their schedule in Australia. That's for sure. Let's just calm down. You know what I mean? Like, let's just, like, kick back. But nope, they wanted to make a good time. So, of course, right, they land in Cape Verde on June 8th, okay? Grab some supplies, which we'll get to. And then they hit the road, Jack. July 3rd, okay? Winds were calm. Shit was good. Shit was kosher. And everything was great. And then... A couple of days later, the winds did pick up, as they do, okay? They absolutely picked these bitches up and threw them around like ragdolls, all right? On July 5th, they were in the teeth of a full-scale storm, in the teeth and the jaws and the clenches of a cyclone, okay? Shit was stormy, shit was crazy, and it's the South Atlantic in the middle of the open ocean. Have you seen the fucking map? Look at the fucking map. That shit's crazy. Ship, in the throes of this storm, okay, getting woo, yeeted everywhere, every which way, is now located about 1,600 miles northwest of the Cape of Good Hope and 680 miles from the nearest land on the island of Tristan de Cunha. And Dudley's decision to, you know, cut corners on the repair's maybe seemed like maybe seemed like a rough option right maybe seemed like not so great of a move of a play for sure they are in the middle of nowhere and sure enough the ship was eventually hit by in a huge wave and a large hole appeared probably right where the rotting fucking wood was i don't know taking a stab in the dark here these are my ad libs of course some of which, right? Some of which it, it, the author does note, and and you know, apparently the crew noted on their fucking way back. They were like, "Yeah, uh, that shit was already in disrepair. Like that shit was rotting even further. It was already kind of breaking up. This hole just got bigger and bigger." Um, and and so Dudley, you know, the hole happens, and apparently all you know, all four of them look at Dudley and go, "What's the plan, Stan?" And he goes, "Get off the fucking like we're done get off the fucking ship." So. They have this tiny, petito, dingy ass lifeboat. It was thirteen feet little lifeboat craft. Um, that that they were that 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 was their escape pod, right? That was their abandoned ship moment. This boat, Mignonette, went down in five minutes, less than five, at max five minutes that is so crazy and insane <laughs> imagine it's not even just like oh like grab supplies like everyone jump in it's like they gotta like lower the fucking lifeboat they gotta fuck it like the ropes i'm sure it was a bitch it's in the middle of a stizzy it's around the middle of a storm that's no that sounds horrible um but you know i think i think in hindsight they probably would have thought through a little bit less about the ropeage and more about the supplies that they were grabbing in their panic. Uh, literally everyone basically got in the lifeboat the ship is below the water it's fucking you know our yacht is who our you our yacht is a is a sinking yachty and they're in the lifeboat and they all look at each other and goes and basically go so who grabbed like the food and water and shit and they all were like damn not a single one of them did really a goddamn thing they all just hopped in they they tumbled in that lifeboat like it was somebody else's business like this group project okay no one's no one's getting the a no one is going to be the one star student is just going to give who's just going to let everyone else piggyback off of their hard work everyone in this group project uh, shitting the bed bed <laughs> shitting the bed shitting the back they they have scant provisions. Okay. When I say scant, I mean like literally none of them even picked. they all walked onto that lifeboat. They all hopped into that lifeboat hands free, hands fucking free. They didn't have shit with them at all. A cask of water. Okay. And some tins of food that were allegedly scrambly dambly grabbed in the strug were lost to the crashing waves, right? Shit was crazy. It was storming. Not going to blame you. And so they pushed off. They, they look at each other and they're like, "Oh, what do we have? They have only two tins of food between the five of them. One that was grabbed by our boy Dudley, and one by our boy Parker. Okay, Richard Parker, our seventeen-year-old, has a head on him. The thirty-year-olds are fucking shooting the Seventeen-year-olds like, let me get some fucking. So essentially, we're team. We're team Parker." Okay, we're team Richard Parker for sure. The 17-year-old has it together. Obviously, um, they're pretty upset. They're not feeling great. They're not feeling awesome. And then another thing that they also are kind of, you know, looking back and regretting, just a smidgen, just a tiny little teensy bit, is, um, you know, they, they didn't take those normal trade routes, right? They didn't take the most populated, the most heavily traveled paths in the middle of the fucking ocean okay, that were probably made heavily traveled for a reason, right? They were in the middle of no man's land. No one was kind of, no one was fucking going over there. Because guess what? Not everyone, and I would likely even guess, I would even counter to say literally no one else took a 55-foot yacht in the middle of the ocean, okay, and decided that that cove of good weather or whatever the fuck it's called okay was actually going to give them good vibe treacherous waters okay anything that's happily named at this point in this story specifically know that it's a fucking red. know that that shit is going to go bad quickly okay that shit that's it you're done it's the equivalent of Gwyneth Paltrow leaning over you after a trial saying I wish you the best, like have the best, I wish you all the best, I wish you the best in life or whatever the fuck she said. Like you're done, you're done. Here, right, we have the mignonette, which means the cute, adorable little thing. uh, We just got yeeted, okay, sunk in hard and fast into the ocean. The cape of good hope, oh, even better, the cape of good hope. Yeah, no, it's the cape of bad despair, all right? And then also, you know, our boy John Henry, his name sounds super generic and boring, and and very much like you know, it's giving like oil nepo baby. You know what I mean, like oil industry nepo baby. Uh, probably not gonna be like an extreme sport kind of guy. Um, apparently not. Apparently, apparently he's yachting around the world. Like no one is safe. Okay, no one is safe. Their prospects are looking bleak immediately because immediately. They have to literally duke it out, of course, with a shark. Like, again, I'm telling you this is a real story. I know it sounds so fucking cliche. I know this sounds like every other story you've ever heard in your entire life, but I promise it develops. Okay, it develops. They're they're beating – they're right, like, just, like, absolutely duking it out, fists up for the shark, okay, that immediately comes around them. Like, hey, I smell a snack. Um, You know, the least of their ordeals to come they literally later when they talked about it they were like the shark was like a one-off like the shark was like they were like oh yeah there was a shark eh. like they completely not, someone like might have gotten bit. they like, don't know might have gotten a nibble but anyways back to the turnips that we have in these two cans okay they have two turnips obviously no shelter from the elements um in in you know the initial hours, they're thinking, okay, we need to ration, right? And I'm I'm curious to see like who was running the ship on that. Okay. Like right, like Dudley obviously was the El Capitan of our, you know, mignonette. But like the moment that they got in the rescue in the rescue BZ, you know what I mean? In the life BZ. Um, I'm 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 thinking that like the the hierarchy shift. I don't know. I mean for, for me, for one, right, if I was on a yacht that was captained and you know, repaired allegedly by one person and shit went awry within five minutes of a little weather. The moment we're on that lifeboat, I am standing up on a bench and going, okay, everyone, show of hands, right? Who Dudley in or Dudley, out, right? Like we're we're renegotiating the terms of this arrangement. And we're now we're now changing up the salary too, right? Your are hundred pounds that you got in the beginning. Like, let's take some of that back. Who who decided, right? Like, who's going to watch over the two cans of turnips? I'm not trusting any of these hoes. These aren't my friends, right? These aren't my homies. This is a random ragtag crew of some dudes, okay? Which any any college girl will tell you is everyone's worst nightmare. Cannot be trusted. Hand over your beverage, okay? They waited a day or so until the storm subsided, and then they gratefully tore into one single can of the turnips between all five of them, okay? A couple of days later, they managed to haul on board a sleeping turtle whose meat, quote, along with the remaining tin of turnips, offered respite for a little longer. Are you guys fucking hearing that shit? That is insane. I am housing a raccoon in here. Simba, The absolute zoomies, like the zoom, zoomer rooms, like, oh my God, they eat the turtle between the five of them, right? Like, I don't know how big this turtle is. Probably not that fucking big. They eat the turtle. They eat the last can of turnips. um, And and that's it. And that's it. And they have yet to have water outside of the water that's naturally in right? the turnip situation and the turtle situation. Um, Yeah. Sounds like a fucking nightmare. I'll just tell you now, trigger warning for gross things. I don't know. If you have gotten this far in this seafaring adventure that didn't sound very ominous and very clearly leading toward disaster in the beginning, then that's your own business and that's your own fucking problem. Trigger warning now, okay, for like lost at sea type shit. So a week into their ordeal, they they began drinking their own urine, which to be fucking honest... Seems and maybe I'm the weirdo, whatever, but like that seems almost like late. Like, I feel like they're actually pretty, some pretty tough cookies. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like an entire week at sea with the sun beating down on you with turnip aftertaste, like a shell of a turtle just over my fucking head, like this. Just sweat like sweating, and you're around, you're on this tiny 13 foot situation with four other sweaty, smelly. Did they even brush their teeth in the eighteen eighty? Like, look in the 1880s, like, please. Okay, everyone smells like shit, everyone looks like shit, everyone's bitching and moaning and complaining. You know, there were convos, you know, there was chat out of the five of them. Okay, I would say it's a fucking W if two of them remained semi-calm and not very annoying. At least half or more than half of them the entire time just commenting on how dire the situation is, just observing the obvious. We're going to die out here. Yeah. Thank you, Ed. Thank you so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm starving. No fucking way, man. That's great. Like, I... If I were in this situation, if I were in this sitch, okay, I would literally turn to everyone, stand up on a fucking bench like I was fucking Moses, okay, rip that tortoise shell in half, ripped the turtle shell in half, okay, and, and like somehow figured out how to carve out some fucking rules, like my 10 fucking commandments, okay, my two fucking tablets, my two shells, two sides of the shell being like, hey, hey, yeah, you guys over there, I know we've literally been inches from each other this entire time. But if you were reading over my shoulder, you already know the vibes. If you weren't, here, here it fucking goes. Number one, shut the hell up. Shut the hell up. We have nowhere to go. I know. I know. I can't do anything about the water. I can't do anything about the sun. I can't do anything about these horrible for your lumbar situation seats. Okay? Thank you to Dudley for the rotting fucking wood in here. By the way, I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, this shit is so unsealed, right? Loving that. And also, enough with the singing, right? Like we're done. Like you know what I mean. Or if there is singing, I'd be like, look, we need to take turns. Okay, there needs to be a turn schedule on the songs that we're requesting from the one person who isn't toned up on this fucking on this fucking situation. Because I've had enough. I've had enough of of Ed Sheeran, okay? I've had enough. Anyways, okay, once like they were drinking their own urine, at this point, that's when they really started battening down the hatches mentally and thinking about options, right? Like what what do we have? Let's take inventory. Let's take stock of not just our zero supplies, but also of our ideas, Okay, let's crack our heads together and come up with a plan. And of course, okay, I can only imagine that because, you know, there is a lawyer on board, right? He is absolutely running that strategy show and he is being super condescending, patronizing, and know it all about it. All right. And so, of course, okay. The sketchy lawyer, suspicious criminal activity lawyer's knowledge, together with the very seasoned seafaring, you know, seaman, captain knowledge, okay, that we have on board this fucking mini vessel. Putting those together, all right, they realize and are all very aware of and all have informed each other and been like, no, yeah, I knew that. Okay, just making sure of what they like to call back then maritime traditions things that happened at sea that were very much like a unwritten rule everyone knows is a vibe everyone knows just like shit happens you know what i mean whatever like things that go on at sea it's why people are super super superstitious okay they live by a different set of rules out there Especially at this time, it was well known. All right, that like when shit ha- when shit hits the fan at sea, there there there's a system. Okay, there's somewhere there's someone somewhere with a turtle tablet to hold up, going yo. These are our commandments, and essentially one of them was you know um, a, a tradition that in in such desperate circumstances at sea since the sea existed with humans riding on it through it and in it um a crew of a ship could could turn to a cannibalistic solution to their problems okay the theory of this maritime tradition right the laws of the sea is that it was better that a couple of men sacrificed themselves in order for the remainder of the crew to survive. Not only was this custom of the sea, all right, just saying, oh yeah, like if shit literally is so crazy and everyone's gonna die, then like maybe you can eat somebody, haha. It also somehow outlined the manner in which you would eat that person if you needed to. First, the blood would be drunk and then the flesh consumed the bodily extremities like the head were to be spared and buried at sea although the bodies of those who died would be used first the preferred method of selection was by drawing lots literally short straw long straw like the preferred me- like that was the preferred method you're telling me that was preferred you're telling me like other people would maybe like pass away before that. And you'd be like, uh, I don't really, I'm not really like a roadkill gal. I'm not really like a dead flesh gal. I like I'm alive and pumping. Uh. Heinous. Literally rock, paper, scissors for your fucking life. Like you. Oof. What would you guys choose, by the way? Like if you had to write if someone was like, hey, like we're drawing fucking lots to be eaten. What what chance type game? Would you pick? Would it be tic-tac-toe? Would it be connect four? Would it be rock, paper, scissors? Would it be roll the dice? Would it be flip a coin? Would it be who can do the coolest backhand handspring on the stock? Would it be a dance-off, right? The judges have to be neutral. Like, would it be, oh, you know, sing, sing all the words to a random song that someone picks and they think that you're a huge rap fan okay but they don't realize that you grew up in the sticks in the middle of the west for nine years of your childhood and so they put on jason aldean dirt road and you literally kill it in the cipher and then your best friend has to be eaten because you literally just fucking you're like i'm sorry i had to gag you like i'm so like i just i can't not eat that shit up I don't know what I would pick. I feel like the last one I would pick. But it depends, right? I love – or maybe, I, honestly, I'd be like, best at three out of four. Like, come on. The short straw, long straw thing is stupid. I would want to have some kind of strategy be thrown in there. It was said, right, in this custom of the sea and this maritime practice that, unfortunately, even though it was supposed to be, oh, you know, when shit happens, we're all equal – The people who were richer on the boat or, like, the people who were, like, higher up in the crew, like, the Capitan or the owner of the boat or whatever, would very much have better odds of not being eaten. I wonder why, right? Duh. Manipulation. Manipulate the ass. So, at this point, okay, it hadn't really been that long. I mean, yes, it had been a while. Okay, it had definitely been a while. Like, it's not not to say that, like, not having a single drink of water for a week... Okay, outside of like your little turn up situation and your little turtle situation, is is not super long. That is really long, but like in terms of discussing tearing each other limb from limb, I feel like a week and a few hours is a l- is like a little short for me personally. Like I don't know, you know what I mean? Like it's it's giving a little short. I mean, I have never been in in a life or death stitch like that before, but but I but I but you know, look. Do it that way you will. But it was like a week and some change, okay? And, of course, our boy Dudley, all right, the one who got us into this fucking mess in the first place, okay? Yes, I blame John Henry. But Duddles, okay, Dr. Doolittle, let Rotting Wood sail them into the middle of fucking nowhere, and then that shit sunk. So, thank you so much. Um, And then grabbed one can of turnips. Thanks a lot, Duds. Thanks a lot, Dudley. He, okay... Immediately after that first week, was like, okay, so who is fucking who's dying? Like, who's doing it? Who, who am I going to eat? He was willing to move forward. He was like, let's do it. Okay, we just put our heads together, and we're all aware of this fun fun fucking maritime rule. Let's kill somebody. And and everyone else, okay, Ed and Brooks were like, bro, no, like I don't want to do that. Like I literally don't want to do it. Um, I'm good. Like I don't. Mm-mm. I'm I'm fine. I'm good. I, I don't want to do it. Basically, the rest of them just thought it was too premature. They were like, this is too much, which is fair, okay? And I appreciate that. Um, But then another few days occur, and then um, over two weeks, over two weeks occur after that, okay, pass by. Our boy Richard Parker, our 17-year-old, becomes seriously ill, allegedly, okay? Convenient. That he of all all five of them just become sick, all of a sudden. What the crew said was, "Oh, he had likely been drinking seawater at night, and he had diarrhea, and da da da, all that shit." Okay, sure, likely story. Yeah, sounds sounds legit. Okay, it had been eight days at that point since they had eaten anything, and Stevens. I think his name's Ned or Ed, right? They're like the same thing. Ned, Ed, okay, our first mate or whoever, um, was also starting to really, really go off the deep end, okay, deteriorate, right? Everyone's bodies are shutting the fuck down. Okay. That's why I'm like kind of like they were like, oh, like Richard Parker was just so sick. I'm like, everyone was fucking sick. You know what I mean? Everyone's fucking sick. Whatever. The assistant the assistant manager, is like puking off the side of the fucking boat, right? He's ill. Another guy, okay, 17 year olds having diarrhea in a sp- in a space of a fucking porta potty with five other people and and Dudley chooses that opportunity to be like you know what we should eat somebody you know what I feel like doing chomping into one of y'all let's have that let's have that talk right now again actually yeah let's do it it's a great timing he raises it again okay he's like hey still on the table and and again everyone else was like no not really not so much but but Ned, okay, our boy who was puking off the side of the boat, was like kind of coming around to it. He was thinking about it. He was like, it doesn't sound horrible. Okay. At this point, they claim that Richard Parker, okay, our 17-year-old, wasn't really contributing to the discussion because he was like in and out of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Sure. On the 19th day of their ordeal, 19 days, Dudley announced that, quote, if no vessel appeared by the next day, then they should kill Parker. Parker, again, is Richard Parker, the 17-year-old. Because, of course, right? Like, fuck the young, fuck the kids, fuck the teenager with his whole life ahead of him. Like, that's what that's what riddles me. You know what I mean? Like like if I were stuck in a fucking boat with a bunch of Zoomers, all y'all would get it. Like I, mm-mm. no, I'm not saying I'm worth more than any of you, but how do you not? Like men are so fucking insane. How do you not try to protect the kid? He's seventeen He's 17. They're like 30 something. Okay, one of them like what? obscene dudley said hey he's already on death's fucking door okay he's knocking on it and death's we can hear him moving around in there he's coming to answer um totally warranted this is totally chill he says and this is right what they admitted to after this which is what blows my mind so much is like i'm like You could have just been quiet, like you could have not like really like obviously like this happened, but like the deets, like the dirty deets of, of the negotiations, Dudley himself was like, oh yeah, no, I literally like in, like during my oral argument to kill and eat Richard Parker, I said, oh yeah, he's the obvious. Why the fuck wouldn't we do him? Right. He's the weakest one. He's closest to death. He has no wife and children, no wife or children. He's single as a Pringle. Who really gives a shit? He was like, very like, why would it be any of us? It's obviously going to be him. On that 19th day, at some point, Dudley said, okay, we're doing it. Let's ride. And the rest of the men held Parker down and Dudley took his knife and put it into Parker's juggler vein. 17 year old. Even though, right, their whole collective stories later were all like, yeah, no, he wasn't awake. He was closer to that, da da da. One of them slipped. Richard Parker apparently said, oh. he said, what, me? That makes me so sad. I don't believe these fuckers. I don't believe these fools. I mean, okay, I get it, right? Survival, like shit's gonna happen, whatever. But like, don't lie. Don't fucking lie. I feel like that's a lie. Whatever. But of course, Dudley was the one. He was the main. He was the main guy doing it. Um, slit his throat. They drank Parker's blood. They, yeah, were just really thirsty. They said. They said it was literally like wild wolves. That's how they describe themselves. They were like, we were ravenous. Like, you don't even have to get... Why would you get into detail like that? Like, what... Like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe, like, go brief on... Brief on the deeds. Like, they were like, no, yeah. Like, very, very, like, detailed account of how much they felt like a wolf. Like, chill. Chill. They drank Richard Parker's blood. And then they basically started eating. Feeding off of his body for the next few days. For the next three days, specifically, um eating his more digestible inner organs first. Oh. Oof. Four days after killing Richard Parker and now 24 days after abandoning the mignonette, our cute little adorable thing, at the bottom of the ocean, th- the remaining the remaining fellows began to lose all hope, for sure. At least they didn't, in my mind, I'm like, at least they didn't kill Parker and then get, you know, see a ship roll by right when they're like eating his fucking you know spleen whatever on july 29th they were eventually picked up seen spotted and picked up by a german freighter the montezuma which was on its way from chile to hamburg with a cargo of nitrate but but this is where it gets fucking crazy and you will hear all about it in part two of this episode which is available now thank you so much for listening to this episode of rebuttal called is eating people wrong Let's get into it, because the answer, I think, will surprise you. <laughs> Love you guys. Follow us everywhere on rebuttal Pod. Me, at RebMaisel, everywhere. Um, but, you know, my final rebuttal on this episode, again, it's a part two thing. So, see you there. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24 7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quitgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?